0: Hello, 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 and welcome to episode number 104 of the Sports Kiki Podcast. My name is Alex Riemer. Thank you, as always, for listening, and a happy Saturday to all of you. It's been smelling a little bit like spring here in the Boston area. Temperatures now in the 50s before plummeting back to, like, the 30s, but we take the winds where we can get them. It's Super Bowl weekend, feeling a little like spring we're feeling good. It's a positive edition of the Sports Kiki Podcast. Two main things I want to talk about today. We're going both ways here on the show. Something that we know all about, right? We are. I'll start off with some Olympic talk as we've been covering the Olympics ad nauseum at out sports with at least 36 out athletes, a record number for the Winter Olympics, and then we'll get into a little bit of Super Bowl talk and uh, my thoughts on Being a gay football fan and the struggles that go along with that. Yes, it is quite a pained existence indeed. But let's start off with the Olympics. The opening ceremonies were last Friday. The games have been going uh, ever since then. And, you know, (laughs) there's a lot of storylines to these games. One of the storylines that I have enjoyed the most is Nathan Chen winning gold to Elton John (laughs) blaring over the loudspeakers. Uh, I think that's a great story because, of course, Nathan Chen... Uh, Yes, is the best figure skater we have, but he also, uh, last year, had to apologize for making comments that were pretty ignorant of the LGBTQ community. He was stressing that figure skating is not an LGBTQ sport, and he tried to distance himself from the, the gay figure skaters, and it's like, well, dude, like there are eight in the Olympics. I mean, I wouldn't exactly say that the gays are taking over figure skating if there's only eight out Olympians in that sport. Uh, so kind of dumb comments from Nathan Chen, very similar to the adamant and vehement denials from Troy Aikman years ago about him not being gay, like acting like that that's a personal attack to be called gay. Uh, so strange comments from Nathan Chen last year. They actually, he actually made them, I think, last summer around the summer games. So he had to apologize for them. So it was good to see a little head nod to us with him uh, celebrating to Sir Elton John. The other night. Um, but the main Olympic point that I want to get to here, and Sid Ziegler wrote about this on Outsports, is NBC and its coverage of the games, and in particular, uh, its failure to mention the LGBTQ community at all during the opening ceremony, the seminal broadcast moments of, moment of the Olympics. The NBC, at least from what Sid heard and I heard, and all of our readers heard, because we've put it out there on social media. The NBC announcers did not say the words gay, lesbian, or LGBTQ during the opening ceremonies, despite, again, at least 36 out athletes taking part in these games. And that's not to say that the coverage didn't reflect the geopolitical reality in China. Mike Tirico and Savannah Guthrie, the two hosts, talked about the crackdown on democracy in Hong Kong, the genocide of The Uyghurs in the western part of the country and other Muslim minorities. Uh, Kudos to NBC. You know, it's not easy to go against China, especially when the games are being staged there and all the business relationships that all these conglomerates have in that country. So good on NBC for doing that. But how about highlighting the terrible track record of gay rights in China? I mean, really, you spend three hours broadcasting the opening ceremony, where you talk about pretty much everything, including Russia's possible pending war with Ukraine, which is great. Again, kudos to NBC for doing that. But you don't say the words gay, lesbian, LGBTQ, non-binary, transgender, nothing. I mean, really? Really? And Sid, who knows so much about the Olympics, wrote about the straightwashing of the NBC Olympics, how it really started in earnest back in 2008, where... Coincidentally, the summer games were held in Beijing. Matthew Mitchum uh, had single-handedly stopped a Chinese sweep of Olympic gold. It was one of the major stories to come out of those games. His boyfriend was in the stands. He had come up publicly just a couple of months earlier. It was a gay hero stopping China, where LGBT equality is basically non-existent. And what happened? NBC didn't say a word about Mitchum being gay or his boyfriend watching him in the stands. This has continued through the years. I think most embarrassingly, uh, NBC commentators called a lesbian volleyball player's wife her husband (laughs) in 2016. Uh, Yes, that did actually happen. So, you know, and there are plenty of storylines to pick from. I've mentioned the out athletes a couple of times. Specifically, Brittany Bowe was one of two flag bearers for Team USA in the Parade of Nations. She's been publicly out for years. Why not mention that? That would take two seconds she was the only out-athlete carrying any country's flag. How about saying that? Here comes Brittany Bowe, decorated Olympian, who's the only out-gay athlete carrying a country's flag. How about that? I mean, really? <laughs> they did a whole segment on the family of the other flag bearer, curler John Schuster. Uh, where is the mention of Brittany Bowe and her family when she's about when she's not competing? I mean, look, as we said, twelve out ho- 12 out ice hockey players. A record number of out male figure skaters. In skeleton, Kim Melman's and Nicole Sil- uh, Silvera are girlfriends. Melman's for Belgium, Silvera for Brazil. They're competing against one another. Gus Kenworthy is a star. He is a long-term boyfriend. Everyone knows about him. You know, I mean, it's just, like, why? Why? In their first week of Olympics coverage, not a single mention of any LGBTQ issue. And, and not talking about how oh, this has to take center stage be the focal point of the Olympics, but it is a you know again it is it is a storyline and it is there. And NBC again to its credit is talking about other non-Olympics issues during its coverage. So why does the LGBTQ community continue to receive no love from the Peacock? Here's Wondering. So uh, I can guarantee you uh, the Super Bowl will also be broadcast on NBC this Sunday. I can guarantee you there probably won't be any mentions of uh, gay players unless Carl Nassib Nassib somehow gets mentioned, but uh, that's okay. You know, Super Bowl, Rams, Bengals, always uh, the the hallmark TV event, sports event of the year, and last year for OutSports, I wrote an essay that I'd like to revisit on the show today about what it's like being a gay football fan and my increasingly complicated relationship between sports fandom and my sexuality. And it's something that I think a lot of gay sports fans also feel. Now, it's worth mentioning that for most of my adult life, the choice has been non-negotiable. If I'm faced with the decision, Tom Brady or Sunday Funday, I have to choose Tom Brady. In a previous life, I was a full-time radio personality for WEEI, the legacy Boston sports station. It would have been a dereliction of duty to spend any Sunday without St. Brady on the TV. I'm back working in full-time sports writing again now. I'm a sports writer for Odyssey, WEEI's parent company. I write for WEEI.com and a few other sites in the Northeast cluster as we say. So I'm back every Sunday. The choice is non-negotiable. Patriots games, NFL games drive the conversation for the week. As I said, it would be a dereliction of duty not to watch. But last year, I was not a full-time sports writer. For the first time in my adult life, I had some freedom. And though it was the height of COVID and I was mostly staying in, when the opportunity presented itself for a Sunday fun day, I took advantage of that. And, you know, it's, I've commented to a couple of people this year that what makes it hard is a big part of straight culture is, for men, of course, is every Sunday you sit down on the couch, order some food, get some beers, invite over some of your buddies and you park your ass there from 1 p.m. to like 11 p.m. And that's what you do all Sunday. You chip in, you turn on the Red Zone channel, and you just let it it rip. And that's what you do. That's one of the highlights of your weekends, if not the highlight of your weekend. The landmark social event. You're all getting together to watch NFL football. In the gay world, at least from my experience, I'm sure some do it. My friends don't. (laughs) Even the friends I've met, playing in the Flag Football League and so it's just hard. I mean right there, that's a conflict that you have. And you know my experience in the Flag Football League is especially interesting because I think there's this there's stereotype out there that gay men have to be masked to watch football or the Super Bowl. And if you express an interest in the NFL, or any pro sports, really. You're labeled as straight acting. You're ashamed of being gay. Oh, honey, really? You're watching Thursday Night Football instead of the Housewives? We've heard it before. And as a defense mechanism, I will often mock myself as well. When I pull out my Red Sox-themed debit card, I call myself the worst gay in the world because I can name the starting nine more easily than the current cast of RuPaul's Drag Race. So there's the stereotype that's out there. But my experience in the flag football league has shown that stereotype is bumpkiss. It's not true. I have many friends who are football players, football fans, and also like to do drag in their spare time. We have an excellent drag show twice a year in our flag football league. So we're all multifaceted people. Just because you like football doesn't mean you're straight acting. But conversely, With my flag football fans, friends, I've had a lot of great memories. I've gone to drag shows with them, weddings, experienced Montreal's gay village, P-Town for the fourth. The list goes on and on. So I'm here to tell you that if you are a gay football fan and and you're feeling ashamed in any way about your desire to watch the game this Sunday or you're struggling with how to balance your sports fandom with your gay life, I would first like to let you know that you're not alone. And secondly, I'd like to let you know that it is possible. It is possible. You can be a quote-unquote good gay and watch football. And I'm not saying that there's a right or wrong wrong way to be gay. There are many different ways to be gay. Just I know from my personal experience, when I first was coming out of the closet in my early 20s, I was uncomfortable with a lot of the trappings of gay life, like yeah, I was on Tinder in the apps and I was going on dates. as I like to say, I was gay in the bedroom, but that did not really extend to anywhere else in my life. I felt comfortable in gay uh, uncomfortable in gay spaces. uh, femininity was not something that I was you know comfortable with at all. Um, and I used sports in my aspiring career at that point, as a shield. And I just kind of put my head down, and that's what I total, totally dedicated myself towards. And as I've opened up as a gay man, that shield and that mask has been lifted. And now it's all about finding a balance. And you can find a balance. You, you your, your, your experience as a gay sports fan is going to be different than a straight sports fan. But I'm just here to tell you that it's something that it's, it's something that more people balance than you think, and the Super Bowl is always an interesting time to, to bring up that. So I know there are a lot of plights in the world, and a lot of people have their struggles. I'm not saying that mine is the worst ever, but it is, it is interesting that the relationship that gay men often have with sports and the NFL in general, and how, yeah, you're stereotyped for watching, you're stereotyped if you don't watch, but those things can meet in the middle. And, I'd, and I and I found a way. So, not too bad. Not too bad, indeed. Uh, but how about the big game itself? How about the big game itself? Bengals and Rams happening this Sunday. Kickoff at 6.30. I'll give you a few minutes on this. Because, after all, I'm a gay football fan. I think this Super Bowl lacks hype in comparison to other big games. That's partially due to COVID. It's semi-open in LA, it seems like. But... Still not all the way open. You don't have the parties that you've had in past years. So that's one thing. I also think it's due to the teams involved. I mean, the Bengals are great to watch. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, their comeback against the Chiefs in the AFC Championship was excellent. Burrow has balls, my friends, and I mean that in the best possible way. He is great, and he is an ice man. But the Bengals are still the Bengals, and they came out of nowhere this year, and I don't think they've really reached the national conscience yet. And the Rams are a star-studded team. They're one of the rare NFL clubs that's been built almost virtually through free agency and big trades. They've surrendered a trove of first-round picks for Matthew Stafford, draft pick for Von Miller. Uh, you know, they signed Odell Beckham Jr. They're they uh, they're not a team that's really built through the draft. They're built more toward through free agents, big trades. So they do have a lot of stars, but I do think there is an East Coast bias often at play. They play their games out on the West Coast. And the fact is the Rams are just not really ingratiated into LA's culture. They're still kind of viewed as a team without a home, moving from LA to St. Louis, then back to LA and the bitter feelings that still surround how they left St. Louis and the Cronky family and what they pulled there, financed their, you know, SoFi Stadium, you know, gargantuan billion dollar plus sports stadium. So it's kind of hard to swallow that as well. Uh, So I think that's a reason why you're seeing some of the lack of the hype. It's going to be a transition without Tom Brady ever again in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady has played in uh, 10 in his career. So pretty much every other year for the last 20 years, we've had Brady in the Super Bowl. What's amazing is in the AFC... From, I want to say, I'm going to do this off the top of my head to show you again what a great gay sports fan I am. I want to say from about 20, was it 20, 2000, Roethlisberger was 06. From 2005 through 2019, Brady, Peyton Manning, and Roethlisberger represented the AFC In every Super Bowl except one. And that was when Joe Flacco and the Ravens defeated Kaepernick in the 49ers. But outside of that, it was either Brady, Manning, or Roethlisberger representing the AFC. So it's a huge changing of the guard. One would expect Patrick Mahomes to take that mantle. But the Chiefs have not won enough yet with him and Andy Reid at the helm. Maybe Joe Burrow will be that guy. He certainly has the talent to do it. And as I said, ice in his veins. But it's a transition. The NFL will be fine. Mahomes, Josh Allen. That was one of the best quarterback showdowns in league history that we saw a couple weeks ago. So many great young quarterbacks. But it's going to take a little time to get adjusted here. And the other reason why I think you're seeing a relative dearth of Super Bowl hype is this game, if you really look at it, can always be proven wrong. And I don't think many people gave the Bengals a shot to beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium a couple weeks ago. So keep that in mind. But overall, the Rams, this is just their time. Their stars are in their primes. The Bengals are still in the upswing. Sean McVay has coached in his Super Bowl before. His former assistant, Zach Taylor, has not. And up front, I just think Aaron Donald and Von Miller will be too much for the Bengals' weak offensive line to handle. I've given a couple of scores when asked for my Super Bowl picks, but I think Rams 37, Bengals 17 is what I'm, I'm going to land on. Yeah, Rams 37, Bengals 17. I just don't think the Bengals have the guys up front who can block Donald and Miller. I think the Rams have an explosive offense that can gain yards and score points on a pretty good but not great Bengals defense, and I just think it's it's not Cincinnati's time yet. Maybe it will be soon, but it won't be yet. So there you go. There's my partial uh, Super Bowl preview here on the Sports Kiki Podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. If you have any show ideas, guest ideas, you can hit me up on Twitter. At AlexRumor1 is my username. That again is at AlexRumor1. So long. We'll talk to you next Saturday.